It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Caller, we've always looked at the future. Leading the way with our renewable gas bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. Bio-LPG. Renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calorgas.ie. Welcome to Blood and Mud, the podcast that looks into the kaleidoscope of the previous rugby weekend and sees mostly only waste and regret. I am Lee Calvert, and over there is... And I, for the time being, am Josh Gardner. This is going to be a tricky podcast to do, ladies and gentlemen, because I am no longer—I am no longer speaking to my co-host. <laughs> this might be the final Blood and Mud podcast ever. After the disgusting Haskell loving that, that happened over the weekend, <laughs> but is I'll suffer our... it. I will suffer this this indignity of speaking to him, <laughs> simply because of all you lovely people out there who expect us to turn out something. I mean, we'll try and struggle through. It's like what's that? Final Guns N' Roses album before it all Was it went called fun. James Haskell or something like that? <laughs> the Spaghetti no, Incident, this, that one. It was indeed called The Spaghetti Incident. There we go. This, this is our equivalent to The Spaghetti Incident. <laughs> we're the all final... fucking, we, it's, it's like, very... let it be. We hate each other, but we're going to get through it somehow. It's very obvious that nobody really likes each other anymore. <laughs> They're just doing a load of fucking covers because they can't be bothered to write anything new because they hate each other. And it all ends a lot more quickly than you expected it to. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. And Josh, if people want to, you know, read the disgusting mewling spew that comes out of your keyboard these days, <laughs> how would they get in touch with you? Are you mean my generous praise of <laughs> James Haskell not being entirely awful all the time while wearing a 
And to be fair, a so fucking you're speaking, appalling. all I'm hearing is wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I was about to say, to be fair, he was wearing a fucking abysmal coat. Camel coat wanker. Yeah, looked exactly like Del Boy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whatever whatever floats his boat. Um, at Josh Gardner and at Rugby Shirt Watch, by the way. Yes, yeah, so this podcast is on Acast, it's on iTunes, and it's also on Patreon. Ooh. We led the way with this, and now other larger yeah. rugby podcasts have decided to jump on the bandwagon as yeah. well. Although I don't know what extra content you can get out of just making jokes about fat Andy Goodies. Andy I mean, Goodies, but apparently it's a thing you can do. So, but people want to pay for. Certainly going to crack on. I'd say that we need their money more than they do. They definitely. I would definitely subscribe to anyone. Definitely subscribe to us because we're definitely making a lot less money than all of those rugby podcasts out there. But again, thank you to everybody who offers us their support. We had a few more come in this week as well, and you've had a message off me to say thank you. I hope. Now then, before we get started, yes, we will actually get started with a player spotted. Oh, where we ask people to send in mundane spottings of players and let us know what's going on. Ross yeah. Waterhouse gets in touch. Hello, Ross, via the yeah. DMs. He says, good evening. Good evening to you, Ross. I'm sliding into the DMs with the players spotted live. Oh, hello. So he must have like been texting this while he saw this happening. Wow. So like it's like a sort of uh, an experiential... like. Yeah, you could have Twitter. done like a Periscope thing. With it could or have Periscoped it, yeah. Is that still a thing, Next. Periscope, or has that gone the way of Vine? I think it's gone the way of Vine. Everyone's Nobody's even Facebook live in anymore, are they? What's the point in that? Twitter are going to be allowing um, audio streaming live. Are they really? Yes, that's their next plan. Well. So we've put a... Sorry, Ross, I'm going to stop this place for a minute and go back to the Patreon thing. We put a poll out <laughs> to say... Thank you very much, everybody, and please vote on what you want to see us do. Lots and lots of people ask us to do live commentary. So I'm yes. trying to figure out the technical way of doing that, and one weekend we will do it. Yes. So bloodandmud.com slash Patreon, if you ever want to hit. For some reason, you want us fucking gunking up your, your rugby-watching experience live. We may do that at some point. Yeah, and you'll discover just how unfunny we are without exactly. a couple of hours to repair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Right then, so anyway, go back to what Ross said. I'm sliding into DMs of Play Spotted Live. Walking down the road in sunny Leamington Spa. I went to Leamington Spa last Weird. year. Very boring place. Yeah. He said, listening to the pod, you've just finished discussing the price of shoes. That was the best bit. I'd have turned off it after that. It was the best bit, yeah. You're asking me. When I spot a cracking pair of calves. <laughs> Steady to, on. Yeah, to the point I double take with the sudden realisation that these calves must belong to a professional rugby player. Obviously. They do. An all-black, oh. in fact. Who could this oh. be, Josh? I've just witnessed Limo Sopoanga fully immersing himself in British culture as he's buying a pay-and-display parking ticket and walking back to his <laughs> bracket, very tidy, close bracket, motor. Rocking the classic Kiwi get-up of baggy T-shirts, woolly jogger shorts, and pulled-up socks with runners. I mean, say what you like about Limo Sopoanga. He's a very handsome man. He is, and he's probably wearing all that, that long stuff to cover his legs in case some kind of alien craft yes. comes to try oh, and take God, his yeah. legs away. He loves that, a conspiracy, yeah. doesn't he? Oh, he does, yeah. Well, you shan't, is he sure that it's Lima Sopoaga and it wasn't a reptilian <laughs> masquerading as Lima Sopoaga? Well, let's ask Lima, but I wouldn't because it will trouble him. He'll be, he'll be at it for hours researching. I know, it's true, it's true. Before we sit down and talk about the news from this week, shall we decide who we want to sit down next to? As we ask, who's down the clubhouse? Well, 
Who is down the club? So this I, is where I, we we ask each other, give each other a choice of two appealing on varying levels people. Yes. To sit next to, you and we have to pick one. So colour colourful Denzians, I like to think of them as. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to start thinking about that. Absolutely. Um, so your first option this week, Okey Lee, is that's. Exactly, I wanted it to be, to be honest. So, uh, your first option is Viagra. How's your father? <laughs> now, he's a stalwart prop for the third fifteen, but he runs a nice little sideline selling totally natural male potency enhancement products out the back of his car. Um, Absolutely natural, yeah. It's a hundred percent natural. He can often be heard extolling the virtues of this unique herbal product, which is called Flacido No. Um, that he personally imports from Venezuela, so he claims. Um, he also. <laughs> He also at one time claimed to have been, in his own words... <laughs> it's called Flacido, no. I did indeed, yes. <laughs> Look, that's just what it's called. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. 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 Um, in, in his own words, he once claimed to have been powerfully erect for seven days, his own words, uh, as a result of Flacido, no. Um, but nobody's quite sure why he thinks that's a good thing. <laughs> I often wonder that about the old Viagra thing. Yeah. That, I mean, what would you do if it's like that for that long? Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, how how much... How much are you planning on doing there? Because, because no, yeah, assuming you're not going to go to the toilet, are you? So, <laughs> if you are, you're doing I sorry, this has gone down a very horrible place. This is yeah. your because yeah. of that. I'm thinking about saying no to him. So who's next? Yeah. Okay, so that's Viagra. How's your father? And then the other option is Two Pint Gerald. He sounds now, well more up my street. Yeah, go on. <laughs> now Gerald is, and I don't say this lightly. A lovely, lovely man. No, we've had a few he's of like, these, haven't we? Yeah. He's, he's the sort of guy you'll just you'll pick people up for training, and he'll set the cones out. He'll often wash the kit. Club couldn't be, couldn't be, yeah. couldn't be a, a nicer human being until he drinks more than two pints of any alcoholic beverage. At which point, he just turns into a ranting, raving lunatic who can't control a single one of his impulses. Um, such is his issue. He once had a couple of cans in the changing room after a game and decided to drive stark naked to Barrow and Furnace and back at 6pm on a Saturday evening. Uh, he was eventually pulled over by the police just outside Kendall. Um, so yeah, Two Point Gerald isn't so much a nickname as a stern warning for both him and everyone around him. I like everything about that. Two Pint <laughs> Gerald is, is right up my street. Yeah, I could dine out on the stories just from sitting next to him for an hour. Absolutely. Yeah, Maybe he'd invite you to come to Barrow and Furnace with him. Being pulled over by police reminds me of my granddad's mate, Neville, from North Wales, who in the 60s went to Rill in the days he used to get a coach to Rill and stuff. And he, mm. I'll picture this, Neville was a bit of a Ted. He had, like, the quiff, full oh, yeah. suit, even by in the 60s. He still has it now. He's 80-odd. In the 60s, he went to Rill, was cracking onto some woman, missed the bus back, so therefore thought it sensible to steal a donkey. I mean, that's To fantastic. ride it back from Rill to Mostyn, which if you know uh, North play. Wales is probably about 12 miles. He got as far as Prestatin in full suit with carnation and everything and big quiff <laughs> on a donkey before the police finally pulled him over. That's, that's Andy Powell level, isn't that it? That is magnificent. Nev is incredible. He's I one mean, of them who tells you magnificent stories about what he's done to women in Bethesda, <laughs> even though he's about 70. Yeah. I don't and know what it should... is about the women in Bethesda, but he's got a lot, a lot of stories about them as Neville. <laughs> and you should feel slightly bad about it, but you can't help but enjoy it. It's yeah, that's the those... thing. It's like none of this is very nice, and it's going against all my political leanings. However, I've got to keep listening because this is quite funny. Yeah. Anyway, right then. Yeah. So who've I gone for? What's his name again? Yeah. I think you went for Two Point Gerald. Two Point end, Gerald. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Right then. Your choices are Graham Plums. 
right? He's 38. <laughs> he plays blindside for the seconds of Pockling Bollock RFC. Right. Uh, he's a bandit mither. Oh. Hence Graham Plums. When not yeah. on the bandit, which is not often, <laughs> he shouts, hold the plums! At anyone who is on the bandit, then goes over. And man, right, Benny Man, he's a, sec- he's a blindside for the seconds, so you can imagine what you're dealing with here. Yeah. He then goes over and says menacingly, that's my fucking machine. Oh, he sounds awful. Hey, we've all met him, though, haven't we, Graham? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a backseat fucking gambler, is he? It is, no. Yeah. And the fact you're not allowed to go on the machine because he's put no. about three quarters of his weekly wage in it in the past 48 hours. <laughs> he's the sort of clubhouse equivalent of those sort of like lurkers that they have in Vegas casinos that are invariably elderly little old ladies who are just waiting for a. <laughs> Yeah, it's a clean you gambler out. to be ready to pay out, and then they fucking wait for you to get bored, and then they'll go on it and nick your fucking jackpot. The bastards. Anyway, that's definitely happened to you, though, has it? Yeah. Second choice: Terry Two Arses. <laughs> well, colour me intrigued. He's twenty-eight. He's a wing. Plays wing for Wank Pongle Wanderers. Uh, right. He's also known as Terry Two Stools, as well as Terry, right. Terry Two Arses, because he's a normal-sized man. Some would say small, from quite small for a modern for a modern for a modern winger, quite small, yeah. but not in the arse department. Right, Hence, junk in the trunk. Looks like he's got two arses or require two stools to sit down. He's noted the reason why he's he's loved at the club. He's noted for his trademark arse off. When he plays right. rugby, he doesn't have a handoff. He has an right. arse off. The... So imagine like an ice hockey hip check. Yeah, but, but... sort of with a, a really massive arse. With a lot, with a more pendulous. With like cotton trader shorts yeah. on that are like that fit him like twelve years ago. Right. And, re- and you know, always struggled. But they're now just really struggling. Yeah, they're struggling against the very limits of their intensity. So there you go. Okay. Graham Plums or Terry Two Arses. Okay. Terry's I mean, all right. He's just got a massive arse. I mean, yeah, I, I, again, in this, I've said this before, but as long as I don't have to sit directly next to him with the two asses, you know, mm. like if I could sit on a chair opposite, absolutely fine. Crack you might on, try mate. and steal you have... your chair because he needs two to sit down, but yeah. Ah, fair enough, I suppose, yeah. Well, you know, I'll take that chance. I'll roll the dice. Okay, shall we move on to the news from this week? Let's take we, a seat. We should, shouldn't we? Let's take a seat. Gerald's on a quarter of a pint. We're all right for now. Yeah. Uh, we'll news. Keep you updated as the as the pod goes on, obviously. Obviously, I asked for things to talk about and shit good later on. JB from the Egg Chasers came back yes. and asked us to talk about the tennis. God, no. No doubt to promote some inter-pod gender, ide- inter-pod gender ideology-based war. Well, no, we're not doing that. Not again. So Not right into this. Not this time, JB. I made the point that tennis is the sport that people who don't like sport like. Not like... I genuinely don't give a fuck about tennis. Well, like, like people, are, like your aunties like tennis. The people who don't yeah. want, who like, anytime anything else, they go, what's this crap and turn it over, but they love the tennis. It's like yeah. they're, they're the same people who like Queen music. Yes. You know, I don't really like music, but I bloody love Queen, you know. They've never people, done a bad song, Queen. People who watch The Big Bang Theory, people who don't actually like comedy, but enjoy <laughs> something I've never watched The Big Bang fun. Theory. My 10-year-old liked it for a period, Bloody but he, he drifted dreadful. away from it. One of the least funny things humankind has ever created. So, yeah, so you won't be getting any of that exploitative nonsense from us. No. Listeners and JB. Um, yeah, JB. So what's the actual news? Scott Williams is injured. Yeah, for fuck's sake. And Rob Evans is injured. Who now is and... at the hospital. Rob Evans is injured. Yeah, and Brad Shields is injured. Brad Shields and is injured. England's Taylor. great intercontinental hope oh, yeah. is injured. Gone. 
Yeah. Uh, I bet you're glad season. about Brad Shields being injured, though, Josh, because your new bloody best mate gets a chance to get back, back in the squad, <laughs> doesn't he? Oh, James, my, with my this defensive friend. analysis, you are really spoiling us. <laughs> hey, say what you like about James. He knows how to organise a, a, a defence from the back row position. He's, he doesn't know how to score a try that running into the post, though, does he? Eh? Fucking doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. Uh, I'll tell you what else I can do without. Him putting videos on Instagram of him wrestling with his missus in a weirdly sexual way that I could absolutely have done without never ever seeing. I don't see you, which means you obviously follow him on Instagram. See, it's I all coming out I, now. Yeah, I don't follow him on Instagram. I've not but seen this. I have, I have a group of friends who are equally somewhat <laughs> sort of hostile towards the general Haskell brand oh, and occasionally will, will draw my attention. So he's wrestling with his girlfriend. He's basically saying that when, Maidley, his, yeah. when his missus, yeah, Chloe Maidley gets anxious or het up about something the way that they deal with the her feeling anxious is that they have a big old wrestle which is fine it's like a disgusting remake of abigail's party it is it's 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 fine that's fine but then don't make a black and white video of it (laughs) where she's sort of atop you and you're writhing around a bit in like pants and stuff Sounds it's like you stuttered it too much, I'll be honest. I'm going to move on. Grim. I'll be honest, it's just too much. James, I don't need to know this much about your life. I wish I didn't. Where does it leave the Ospreys with Scott Williams injured? Because it was looking pretty good with him and, <laughs> him and George North um, and Young Owen Watkins yeah, linking it's, up, wasn't it? It's fucking suboptimal, to say the least. I mean, it's not like we don't have a, a couple of options in the, in the outside centre berth. I mean... What's his face? Uh, Owen Watkin has played there at international level. Um, there is also um, Corey oh, Allen. What the hell's his name? Uh, there's Corey Allen who's playing. We played for the A team last week. There's Joe Thomas who came, who came actually came on. Seems to be higher up the pecking order than Corey Allen now, who played very well when he came on. To be fair, um, there's James Hook. <laughs> God, is he still there? Oh yeah, the ghost of James Hook continues to haunt the Liberty Stadium. Um, and yeah, after that, it's all a little bit thin. To hmm. say, and aside from Scott Williams and George North, every other player that we've signed this summer is bloody injured. So Leslie Klim's injured, who could play 13. Um, Georgie Namazde, the Georgian bloke, is injured. Uh, the Moldovan prop that we signed is it basically everyone that we've signed is injured. Is that is, so, is, is that the bloke who's just all neck and shoulder, who's all head and shoulders? Yes, Georgie Gajan, Gion, <laughs> don't know. Um, but he does have, he is roughly 90%. It's like neck. Ram Man, isn't he? <laughs> He's exactly like Ram Man. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, that'll be a problem. What other news have we got then? Um, well, the sorry for Rob Pro- Evans, actually. I love Rob Evans. I love, I don't know. But he, mainly because he, he runs better angles than all the backs. All of the backs. <laughs> um, I think I, it doesn't, there's no update on it yet. It looked like he might be in a bit of pain when he came off on Saturday, but I think, I hope he's all right. Um, the other big news, of course, is that um, the Aviva Premiership is about to be taken over by a, uh, an investment... Private equity firm. Private equity firm, which is a fucking shit idea. <laughs> I don't, well, <laughs> private equity's always done brilliantly well. For... Fantastic. Well, look what it did to F1, you know? Uh, what was funny is, is that I got when my Ponto blew up, as I told you about a couple of weeks ago, I got picked up by AA. And I did yes. that thing you do, you know, work for the AA, because he was giving me a lift home, you know, in his van. Yes, of course, yeah. Work for the AA long, Meg. I have, yeah. How long? 21 years. What's that? Used to be all right. Used to be all right before, you know, when it was a club-like. 
now. Private equity have got it now. It's bloody awful, he said. We're on the old yeah. contract. We won't change off the old contract. I got I got the full chaps reversed. Full twenty minutes breakdown of it. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like what 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 this exact the exact same firm that wants to buy the Premiership used to own the F F one, obviously. And in the what ten years that they had it, they increased its value. They sold it for like eight times more than they paid for it, but they'd completely lost a fuckload they'd lost the vast majority of the sports popularity and the money inside it and had basically bled it dry and uh i seen one of the things the force india head said <laughs> that cvc had raped the sport before the, which uh is a delightful premiership rugby right so do you have any references uh available yes well, we have yes. this from force yes. india bob, yeah bob hurley <laughs> from force india said that they'd ra- we'd raped the sport in 2016 so uh yeah, all their actions have been taken to extract as much money from the sport as possible while putting in as little as possible. So, well, it's going to be voted gonna... on this week, isn't it? So it is, and but honestly, and it's going to be rejected. The record, but I think only because they're not happy with how it's been valued. I don't think it's because it's anything principle yeah. based. Bruce, Bruce Craig reckons it's worth more than the eight, five, the two hundred and fifty million that they're being offered for it. And I mean, it's just mad, really, isn't it? So private equity take over. What do we think? So what will private equity bring to the Premiership well, should this deal go through, do you reckon? I see there's two ways it can go. Either they'll dramatically cut costs and bleed a decent return out of it that way, oh. or they'll just encourage reckless levels of spending to try and grow the sport and secure a good return that way. So option one, mm. um, hack and slash, um, substitutes and indeed squads outside of the starting 15 are deemed entirely an unnecessary expense. Yeah, wasted. Uh, so, fat, got to trim yeah. the fat. Yeah. 15 players on the books, no more, no less. Um, another option under that thing. Uh, Right-footed kickers don't need a left boot, surely. Um, and same with left-footed kickers. Oh, they have you know. to bring their own. Well, obviously, they'd have to bring their own, but then they'd have to share them <laughs> with someone else. Um, also, anyone playing further back than number eight doesn't really need studs in their boots, do they? So, well, that's kind of true anyway. That's, that's yeah. fair enough. So just, you know, take them out, melt them down, sell them for scrap. Yep. Melt them down, uh, turn them into baby milk. Yeah, well, why not? Uh, and option two, if they go the sort of spend a load of fucking money you don't have, um, the set up a franchise on the moon um, yeah. with a five-mile-wide pitch and a 100-foot-high post. <laughs> you invited know, into, the, into, the, into Super Rugby within six months. Yeah, well, they've got to compensate for the low-gravity environment, um, and they'll obviously secure all of that investment against uh, the ownership of every single premiership rugby ground and also Nigel Ray's house. Um, and then also I could see the other way they'll go is possibly they might invert the concept of pay-per-view by sort of literally paying members of the public to watch games on TV in the hope of leveraging these artificially high viewer numbers into massive new TV advertising and sponsorship deals. And then they suddenly all disappear and you've already signed a contract, mate. Fucking tough shit. Exactly that, yeah. Yeah, what else could they do? Zero hours contracts for all players. <laughs> so basically, they'll only work the yeah. hours that they want to, yes. which means that Nicky Gonover will immediately choose to work only the match bits of match days. Mm-hmm. As will every front rower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm quite happy with earning whatever not doing preseason gives me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Johnny Wilkinson will just weirdly come back to the sport just so that he can work. Private doesn't like to, like to own anything, so all scrum machines will be sold and leased instead in the form of... course. Five-year-old transits. Makes all the sense in the world to me, yeah. Even though there's no final salary pension scheme, they will close it anyway. 
<laughs> but not before they've raided it. In <laughs> all team buses will be sold and Uber will be used to travel to matches. Why not? And all clubs will have the same chief executive, who is Sergei Kashki, and his address is One <laughs> Embezzlement Boulevard, Questionable <laughs> Tax Recordville, Outskirts of Legality, Grand Cayman. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is they're going to move every single Premiership club to Azerbaijan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or uh, somewhere else, where Baku or. Final bit of news. Yes. Dominic Raab, Brexit Raab. secretary, has come, come out and said in the latest round of talks that he's not worried about a no deal Brexit because the country's economy is going to be kept afloat by the rugby player owned coffee sector. I mean, it's believable. Which is now is worth the... apparently fourteen point six seven six billion pounds to the British. Well, economy. look at how much Coca Cola paid for Costa Coffee last week. If you put together all of those oh. tiny little pretentious coffee shops owned by front row forwards of Premiership clubs, it's. I mean, obviously the consortium's led by Matt Stevens, who was the originator of that. Got Matt Stevens, was... David Seymour, Scott Otten. He's got one. Yeah, George North's got his own coffee business. Has he? Yeah. They're all bang at it, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they just it's because it's the only stimulant they're allowed. They fucking love that shit. But of course, I mean, Matt Stevens kind of almost fell into it, the coffee shop business, didn't he? Because he didn't have a great deal of choice in the matter, but to take a couple of years he off. He tripped over when he was whisking off his head on barking pounds, probably. <laughs> well, indeed, he had very little choice but to spend two years developing a coffee shop because of other reasons um i'm gonna to learn to play kenny rogers songs on the guitar and run a coffee shop that's what i'm gonna do i'm definitely and not I'm gonna take any drugs definitely gonna be taking <laughs> yeah indeed i definitely won't be taking any drugs two weeks out of my in competition testing window absolutely not definitely not sounds like a terror um other news any then. news yeah yes do you remember before the commonwealth games uh james stannard the um, Australian Sevens captain was uh, ruled out of the game, which is quite a nasty thing, actually. He got punched in the face and fell oh, over. Oh, yeah, and... in a bar or something, wasn't it? He was outside a kebab shop and oh, he got brilliant. punched in the head better. and cracked his skull. Um, it was quite serious and quite nasty, actually. That's come to court today and uh, it's transpired that the uh, the bloke that twatted Stannard was a, a, a Newcastle tourist by the name of Sam Oliver uh, and he responded... He was responding to uh, Stannard calling him a pommy cunt, at which point he punched him in the face and cracked his skull. I mean, I'm not on anyone's side here. But you have to um, admire clean sparking out. You call me a cunt, I'm going to spank. And, clean sparking uh, yeah. out an international rugby player, by the way. Yeah, and just going, I mean, there's this ballsy. <laughs> I'm assuming that Mr. I should say Stanard is denying calling anyone a pommy cunt. <laughs> However, I, I am assuming Stanard is an Australian, and I can't believe that any Australian wouldn't call an Englishman a pommy cunt. I'm assuming that Sam, uh, Mr. Is it Mr. Oliver? Sam Oliver? I'm assuming he's not a small man. If he is a small man, he has even more I'm, respect. I mean, Stanard is a scrum off, to be fair, so it's not like he's oh, a big that's true. But, um Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's. Uh, Mr. Oliver's defence has uh, claimed that Stannard has a degree of dislike for Englishmen, which, I mean, again, just sums up the entire <laughs> Australian psyche there, surely. How's that a defence? <laughs> he, he just doesn't like... Maybe it is in Australia. He doesn't, Your Honour, 
he doesn't fucking like English people. So there is the end of what we like to call the news. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So let's move on to what we used to call what we learned for the weekend, but we're now calling the tight five, as we're keeping it to try and keep it to five tight things, and then we move on to other things, and then we go on to shit good. Yeah, we'll see. We kept it very tight last week when we talked for an hour and 20 minutes, you know what I mean? Type so, five then. So, go on, you can go first. Okay, my first type five entry this week is uh, for a sport that already has more laws than anybody can reasonably know, I think rugby could do with a couple more of them. Okay, explain. <laughs> two things like, watching rugby the last couple of weeks in the Northern Hemisphere, two things that have really got my goat that are not technically illegal, but as sure as shit seem quite dangerous and need to be looked at, First one, it's got a bit of play since the weekend, is this whole sliding in on players as they're in the act of scoring thing. And general shit. That was unlawful. Well, if it is, nobody's fucking enforcing it. Somebody's, is somebody going to have to like have their it's career end? play section, isn't it? Well, you think so. But like barely a try is scored these days without somebody... Gareth Davis did a really bad one, didn't he? It was fucking really out of order but like any like there's always a late like even if it's just a little fucking dip of the shoulder or somebody coming in late and smashing into them like there's barely a fucking there's there's no attempt at any actual tackle they've got no chance you know that gareth davis one he slid in knees first it's like what was he trying to achieve there in the first place because it's just shithousery like if somebody flew like that into a ruck it'd be a straight red yeah it is it's weird it's almost like yet, but I've seen I have seen them penalised. To be fair, not often though. Rarely. You're right though. It is very it's rare. Like it should happen all the time. Um, secondly, like it's something that a couple of people have been talking about for a while now, and it's something that has started to annoy me. Is this something? It's something that the Irish national team and the Irish uh, provinces have become really good at, and this this sort of and other teams are doing it now because obviously they're really good. It's this sort of support players pre-binding before they latch onto a ball carrier to maximise, you know, basically sort of forming a, like, Roman tortoise and like running... A flying wedge. Exactly. It's exactly used to call it. it. Yeah. And it's it's very effective, but it's it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. Like... They're basically using the poor fucker at the front as a human battering ram and using the momentum of, like, three people running at full tilt behind him and then he's sort of getting picked up like a fucking... the front carriage of a locomotive and he's just being shot forward and somebody's going to get fucking seriously hurt. And also, from a defensive point of view, like, who do you tackle there? Are you allowed to tackle one of the bound support players? Is it... Classes a mall. Yeah, it would be classed as a mall, but it's clearly not a mall. Well, you can't because... actually be pulling them all down if you tackle one of the bound support players. 
Exactly. And so it's sort of this weird grey area where, but then it's not a mall unless um, another player's engaged at the front of it. So they're just effectively running, and then it becomes a mall the second you try to stop it. It's yeah, because it's obstructed if it's not a mall first. Yeah, and it's so obviously seems... that's not calling it, are they? No, but then it's not obstruction because the player with the ball is at the front when they're binding oh, yeah. on. So that's the thing. It's a complete. It's when you look at it on the rugby field, you just think that shouldn't be legal. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and yet it sort of is, and it's kind of it's kind of a bit dangerous, and it's also a bit unfair, and it sort of feels a little bit against the spirit <laughs> of the thinking, game. What's that Simpsons one when Nelson Mudd says to Bart, "You're blocking for me," that, and he just picks him up and holds him out in front of him, <laughs> exactly, and that, uses yeah. him to smash people out of the way. Yeah, and also when you've got like three players bound in a tight pod. How are you going to take the first one down without sort of taking the second one down? And then are you collapsing the mall? Are you? It's it's a, it's fucking... a very clever manoeuvre in that people have figured out. This it's not people. It's very clever, on, but... but I'm not entirely sure it should be legal. And yeah, I sounds don't like private equity. <laughs> it couldn't possibly go. Very clever, but I'm not sure it should be legal. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so what's what else? What have I got for the tight five? Yeah. Do you remember last week when after the game Matt O'Connor said they needed just 80 minutes more of preseason? It looks like he was right. <laughs> or at the very least. They're all they raving needed. about how Jordan Murphy turned his squad around in a way. You know, fucking yeah. forget that. Matt, Matt O'Connor was absolutely right. That basically he's like, yeah, that was it. That was the last 80 minutes of preseason. All of a sudden, Manny Tuilagi looks like his own self again after looking like a fucking geriatric old woman last week. <laughs> Wherever Matt O'Connor's sat now in the Dole office yeah. or whatever, watching it on his yeah. phone, he's going, you bastards. <laughs> I mean, obviously they hated him. Very, I mean, <laughs> very <laughs> obviously. You could, see, a lot of, <laughs> you could see the weight lifted off their shoulders in the first five yeah. minutes, couldn't you? They look infinitely happy i'm not sure that obviously we fucking danced this dance before particularly with leicester in that a new coach comes in they look good again for a couple of weeks and then the rot returns george ford looked a lot better he did i'm i'm i would say there is a 70 percent chance that they will continue to boom and bust it as they have done for the last two years but maybe who knows maybe jordan murphy is the answer he was very uh, hotly linked with the Cardiff Blues job, so clearly people think that he's got something about him and that he's got director of rugby potential. So, yeah, see how it goes. And it's um, interestingly, Ford played well alongside mm. Eastman, didn't he? Well, it's true, actually. And that's where he played his best stuff for Bath as well. It's interesting. Yeah, and it's not a natural centre partnership that you would. No, because pick. no, they're both tiny. Have you got a couple of dwarves? please yeah yeah <laughs> it's not usually what you want from your nine and ten it's like not really hack are either of them allowed on the rides at alton towers no <laughs> brilliant <laughs> sign me up yeah, so true <laughs> would not get onto air or whatever it's called no, no. the last I've time i went to alton towers could. this is true the best the best ride the biggest ride they had to queue for hours to get on was the thunder looper i don't wow. think that's even there anymore <laughs> i think they've moved it to like Probably clacton not. or something well, not last time I went to Walton Towers was when Oblivion was in, so that's got to be too. Is that the is that the sheer drop one? 
Probably, yeah. I don't go on like the fairground rides. I have no interest no, in them whatsoever. I, I, I cannot stand a roller coaster. Go fuck that thing. Why I'll go I on them, but you know, I'm not I like so like, terrified. I won't like, go on them, but it's like no, I'm not interested. I just don't like them. I don't get anything out of it. I don't at like. All. I don't like roller coasters, and I don't like horror films. I don't. I don't understand them. No, I'm right there with you, actually. It's like I don't. I don't get anything out of a roller coaster. Although, I mean. No, yeah, no, I don't actually get anything out of it, which which makes it I all the more. I just endure it and then get off. There's no sense yeah. of enjoyment about yeah. it. Yes. Which I mean, in many ways, is kind of exactly the same as my relationship with both the Welsh Rugby Union and the Ospreys. <laughs> it it's sounds like, in many ways exactly like my wedding night. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, you know, I've I've sat there watching Wales for 33 years. I've not enjoyed much of it, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, don't you think I've got enough to put up with without getting on a big, gigantic <laughs> roller coaster? <laughs> a physical manifestation of my sport watching life. Uh, yeah, well, I went on the so, pe- I've been on the Pepsi Max big one at Blackpool. Yes, I've been on the I, roller coaster I, I, as well. Oh. No. <laughs> Oh, oh, we are end of the period today, oh, aren't we? God, I'm, ex- um, I'm exhausted. Yeah, but geez. I went. I went. I think I went on Pepsi Max when it was called the Pepsi Max Big One, purely because it was Pepsi Max, and I like Pepsi Max. I Still wanna, do, to be honest. This just shows Lifetime. you how perfectly time is as well. I went on the PlayStation ride at Blackpool. Hello, which is when it was the PlayStation One. It's one of them towers that fires you up in the air. You know, you're sitting like a bank of full. Oh yeah, they're fucking shite. Really aren't they? fucking dull. Yeah. Yeah, I was hungry with shit as well. I went on one of those in a theme park in Germany once, but instead of being on the outside, it was like on the inside of this tower, and you were like basically four sides on the inside. And they, and like I remember just looking around, all my mates were just having a whale of a time, and I was just sort of like, I'm just sat in the dark going up and down. I went on that the, the same weekend. I went. That was I was in. I saw Radiohead at the Empress Ballroom on the OK Computer Tour. I know which one of those I would rather have done. I must have told you that story about Blade in the. It was in the win, the, the Winter Gardens, the Empress Ballrooms in the Winter Gardens in Blackpool. Mm-hmm. So obviously mm-hmm. you had all the you had these like soft entertainment bars, and then yes. next door was Radiohead. So there's all these like people, teenage people like me and my mates stood in there waiting to go into where Radiohead would play. There was just like ginger fella on a stand up on Tempe keyboard. <laughs> going, you know, welcome everybody tonight to the to to the Barrier Empress Ballroom. I'd like especially like to welcome all the people here to see Radiohead next door. If you if you're gonna go in next door and watch Radiohead, please remember that we'll be here afterwards when you're finished. If you fancy coming to enjoy a little bit of a sing song with us after you've seen Radiohead. Okay. Thank you very much. You're the first, you're the last. Am I everything? <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. That's Play. the thing I remember most about that entire night. Play subterranean home for Galen. <laughs> Play that B-side one that we like. I think it's called Bishop's Robes. Yeah. I had to get my ready with Norse in there. Yeah. yeah Jesus, where were we up to before that went? Roller coasters. Uh, yes, of love. Um, no. <laughs> Speaking of roller coasters of love... Um, the other thing I learned <laughs> this week... Um, we back I on think, my wedding night. Oh, no, yeah. sorry. Uh, I think that Finn Russell misses Glasgow a lot more than Glasgow miss Finn Russell. Yeah. Because we, we wondered at the end of last season, you know, are they going to miss him? Are, are the Warriors going to miss that sort of mercurial brilliance, given that 
they've relied on him to win them so to be that creative spark and win them games for quite a few years at this point. Mm. But to be honest with you, they look more threatening now than they have probably at any point since they won the league. In when was it? Twenty fourteen? They won the league, something like that. Um, that young Adam Hastings looks mm. the absolute fucking mustard. It's also I mean, I think look- that there's something about knowing that when you run your run, the ball mm. might come to you. And I think that was yeah, the thing with Finn, wasn't it? It was just like, should I, should, oh, should I, am I go, are we going now? No, yeah. oh, shit, oh, God, okay. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, and the, the other thing they're doing, obviously, and something we talked about in the summer as well, is that they seem to be doing a lot more playing off um, the board man formerly known as Stuart Hogg. Yes. As a sort of first receiver thing. And the two of them together, it's an absolute fucking... It's, it's wondrous. Box office. It's fantastic to watch. Um and to be fair, you know, Finn's enjoyed a respectable start to his time at Racing Metro, and it's not a slight on him at all, but... It is still it Racing like... Metro, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the truth is that a lot of teams that are sort of, you know, everyone's saying, oh, they've lost key players, you know, Glasgow losing Finn, Scarlet's losing John Barkley and losing Ty Byrne and Osprey's losing Reese Webb and Dan Bigger. I mean, it's two games into the season. There's no fucking... Nobody's decided anything yet, but they've certainly been coping pretty well without them so far. Yeah, it is. It's um, and actually, what is this? Dave Reddy's second year now. Yeah, and I think there is something about him. It's all kind of coming together now. He's had a it? look at it. He's yeah. had a think about it. He's not been sacked after one game of the season, so yeah. now he can he can sort of you know, make his plans. Yeah. yeah, and I think that like that's something that might. I'm sure Northampton fans are already quite frustrated with this season because they look just as dull to watch as they have done for the last fucking God knows how many years. But you kind of feel like Chris Boyd is going to need a year or so. That's the thing, isn't it? And that's the, and I think that is, that's one of the things about, I've mentioned before, I, I get a bit fed up with this. Oh, rugby's special, we don't sack people quickly. But it is especially in that, it, they will give you a season and a bit. You know, you're not going to get eight games. Well, no, Leicester will only give you eight games and sack you, but, <laughs> but they're the exception these days. They absolutely are, yeah. But I do think to uh, Northampton will go, you know, you're not going to get fucking relegated, are you? Do you know what I mean? So no, it's, you can no. give it a year. You can let it bed in. Harry Malander was well, outstanding, by the way. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like Chris Boyd probably took one look at him and went, no. Oh, no. But now he's nobody with a face like that should be playing no, at this level of rugby. No, I'm not having seen it. This weird, gangly, ungainly motherfucker. He can't be any good. Yeah. And if I'm not like having no Malfoy-looking oh. motherfucker as fullback in no. my team. Let me tell you. But it does now feel like he's gone. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. After two games, he's got right. Yeah, maybe. Well, he came off the bench, didn't he? He was fourth yeah. off the bench, and he came and was just like, my word. Yeah, he's he's something else. Although I'm still not sure if he's ever going to put it together in the way that people need him to. Well, I think he needs to, he's still not sure. Is he a fullback, I suppose, is the question, isn't it? He's having that problem. Is he a fullback? Is he a 10? Is he a 13? He's got a touch of the hooks. He's, he's, he's got a lot of the hooks about him, hasn't he? Uh, what else have we got in a type five? Speaking of people having a touch of the hooks. Um, yes. Because uh, Gloucester and whatever. Um, Cipriani and 12 Trees, News Flash, who knew... Look like a very good combination. Yeah, There's when are they going to make access? When are they going to make a weird, cuddly toy version of Danny Cipriani to go with the weird, cuddly toy version of Billy Twelve oh, Trees? What those That's what toys called. Uh, Bleacher creatures. Bleacher creatures. There thank we, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd have to both get back in the English squad, wouldn't they? They will. Yeah, that's very true. Cipriani yeah. Twelve Trees. Cipriani Ten. Twelve Trees Twelve. 
Lazowski 13, Chris Ashton 14, Johnny May 11, Elliot Daly 15. Yeah. I could get behind that because I'm fucking mad. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, spare a thought for fucking poor Owen Williams right now. <laughs> no, He's please do spare a thought for him because you've obviously all forgotten about him, haven't you? Because I know yeah, I have. absolutely forgotten the... This is the lad who was starting at 12 for Wales at the start of the Six Nations last year. Where is he now, and, eh? And now he's out of the Wales setup entirely and is currently sat beyond Billy fucking 12 Trees. Who, how old is Billy 12 Trees? He must be about 700 years old. <laughs> I think he's about 32, would be my guess. I mean, is it one of those things where they have to cut him in half like an actual tree and count the rings? <laughs> is it... Tw- he is... It's fuck me, he's 29. You joke. <laughs> well, yeah, well, forward to glory to the next World Cup is what I say. Yeah, yeah. he's entire. How the fuck is he 29? I think he looked a lot older when he was going through that really troubling period at Gloucester when he, he was really depressed. Think, now he's like, yeah. you know, gone full blonde and bronzed himself up. He looks, he looks. He did have a fucking. I don't know where he went on his old days in the summer, but he had a fucking very good holiday. Western Superman. Somewhere. I think it's he's this summer. It fucking could have been with the weather. Anyway. Doing, yeah. He's six foot four. He's a big old lad, yeah. He's a big lad. He's a bigger lad. No one more than He has like. flashes of looking competent, and that's how he fucking gets you. Yeah. He'll, well, this will all be basically the start of him getting back in the EPS squad, starting for England against whoever. Who's England's first game in the Six Nations? Is it Australia? Oh, no, I mean the Six Nations. They'll ignore him all autumn. Oh, the Six oh, Nations? Tar- oh. they'll, they'll be terrible in the autumn, and then in the Six Nations, he'll feel compelled to do something. He'll play Billy 12, Trees at 12, and Owen Farrell at 13, because why not? And he'll start him against France or something and shit the bed all <laughs> over the place. It's never going to happen, but coming yeah. back to Gloucester for a minute, it will yeah. probably happen all season with them, because he was around most of last season, Billy. He does a decent job. He has a way of sort of ironing out Cipriani a bit, and I mean that in a I good think way. That's good for him. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that would have been in my good, but we fuck it, we might as well talk about it now. Um, that Cipriani pass. Yes. What? I mean, it looked wonderful, but the more that I watched it, the more I thought he has got absolutely no fucking idea where yeah. that ball is. He, his brain base is where. Just fucking wang it. Yeah. They're gonna tackle you. <laughs> like that. That move. He was supposed to pop that ball to the man on his outside shoulder hmm. who was running in behind him, but he got fucking nailed because the uh, defence was up too quick. And so he just flings it and it sort of hangs and loops in the air, sort of say stationary in the air for a second. And that allows Jason Woodward to be fucking incredibly rapid and go, and you can see he basically does a sort of weird like Looney Tunes-esque sort of stumble, reaching out, <laughs> desperately flailing, trying to catch the bloody thing. And then because Jason Woodward is fucking astonishingly good, he not only catches the thing, but has the presence of mind to pass it to Matt Bannon, who's just sat on a fucking island. Like, is it still an impressive bit of skill from Cipriani to whip one like that when he's getting fucking absolutely drilled? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Is he going to see someone run one in at the other end if he keeps flinging passes out like that? Absolutely. I mean, Gloucester fans likely won't care if they turn into tries more often than intercepts. But like, for it, for all of the always oh, done it again, he hasn't done it again. <laughs> Last week's one was fucking brilliant. 
this week's one, I think, has got a lot more to do with Jason Woodward than it does with Danny Cipriani. Agreed. Personally. Well, yeah, they, you know, they just look very good. And I'm, yeah, they I, look long like way a, to continue. They look like a proper team. And I dearly wish that Ross Moriarty was still playing for them just so that he could add a bit of base-level shithousery to them because they seem to lack that a little bit. We'll come on to that in a minute. Mm. Last so, one, type five. Yes. Argentina played wonderfully and still got battered. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a team play that well and still get battered? Absolutely. I would say the second best team in the world right now is probably the All Blacks second fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> like that shadow squad they put out on Saturday, I think would still probably beat any other team in the world. And they were and playing like, in like a pretty rubbish. Was it Nelson they were playing? Which yeah, it was lovely playing. actually. They took it into that part, yes. but it was everything about it like just said, years. "Fuck it, let's just go play yeah. there and send fucking we'll whoever." Let, well, let's stop I go. We'll let um everybody have a fucking game. Why not? You know, it's it's. And while we let, obviously, we've got to have some sense there. So Kieran Reed's there and Ben Smith's there, but everybody else, just fuck it, whatever you want. Somebody tweeted, and, I said, I can't remember what it is. He said, you know, if you want to understand the, the depth of um, New Zealand rugby, Richie Moonga is there out in Yanchi's. It's very true. I mean, <laughs> arguably, I mean, he wasn't great, Richie Moonga, don't get me wrong, but they still managed to win this one. Arguably, Richie Moonga isn't even there out in Yanchi's because. I mean, he's he's whoever comes after Elton Yantes in there because Sopoaga was there, Elton Yantes. Yeah, and he's gone true. to Wasps now. So <laughs> Moonga's like, yeah, he's like the, was have been third or fourth choice this time last year. It's Milner Scudder's fucking, back, isn't he? Yes. Which, and it's always it's always a relief to see him get through a game. Ardi Surveyor started a game, which is incredible. It shows you how fucking experimental they were being. Yeah, they didn't give a shit. And yet. I mean, Arnie Surveyor, honestly, have you ever known Arnie, you know when Arnie Surveyor comes off the bench and everybody always goes, oof, here comes Arnie Surveyor, oof. Never have you ever meant him to do fucking anything when he comes well, off the, the bench? The only thing he did was in his first game, he scored a try against Wales by being really quick and running it in. Hmm. And people can't and remember that, but then after that, it's like, oh, here he comes, it's been, never, yeah, never does a thing. Has very little at all, let's be honest. He is a, a freakish athlete. I'm still not convinced he's much of an open side flanker. But there we are. Yes. So, yeah. It's, um, is rugby, international rugby, just getting a bit boring now? Um, in what sense? In the sense that everybody knows that the All Blacks are going to win the World Cup. And it I is feel... from that point. It is hard to actually sum it up. Having said that, that was a great game. Yeah, it was even a fantastic though game. you knew exactly, what, and, and every time I did see the kind of pulled them back in, you knew was what like, was going to happen. But well, no, it, it's it's the sort of man holding short man at arm's length while he <laughs> swings his arms, sort of thing. It's like there are times when he might land the odd blow, but ultimately there is still an arm stopping you from doing any damage, and it did. That and that's the first the, sort of ten minutes, of 10, 12 minutes of the second half, you're a bit like, oh, oh, this could Ooh. be interesting, and then it wasn't. Well, it, it was, was, but it wasn't. If you know it I mean. wasn't in that way, no. And that's the thing that I'm kind of, I worry for the World Cup if it's going to be like this, because I enjoy watching the All Blacks at the moment because they're one of the fucking most excellent rugby teams to ever take the field, and they're getting better every week. But I think it's partly the fault of everyone else. In that, aside from Ireland, everybody else is quite shit. 
to be honest with you. And I think that if if there was a 2007 era South Africa or a 2003 era England around, hmm. or even like a 2008 era Wales, I would think that there would be more teams that were capable of challenging the All Blacks. But now it's like, if they get past Ireland, that's probably theirs. And it's just a little bit kind of, it does take a lot of the excited for the World Cupness out of me, I'll be honest. Yeah, and it's weird, isn't it? Because you should go into every World Cup thinking New Zealand are going to win. And usually you do. Ooh. And, you know, I think when we covered the World Cups in the summer at Bellabon Patriot, if you want to have a listen to them, there was the 99 World Cup was a classic one. Oh, it was just like, they you know, that? they're yeah. just battering fucking everybody. Yeah. And then basically, and then didn't. So there was always this chance, but now they just seem, I think there's something about being 15 more years into professionalism. Which yeah. just, you know, it sounds like a daft thing to say, but they're even more professional, I suppose. So those like slight chances of not quite of not quite doing it the way they want to just don't happen anymore. No. Or if it does happen, it happens for about ten minutes, and then they just go right, stop fucking about now. Yeah. Well, in that first game, I looked at that All Blacks team and I thought there are clear weaknesses there in the scrum and at the breakdown. And they weren't defending but, great either. Were they? There and the defence as well. You know, yeah. They looked like they looked like a team that I thought, if they keep playing like that, Ireland will fucking have them in the autumn. And since then, they have just ironed out those flaws a little bit more every week to the point where they now just look almost without I, any kind of... I said don't defend that well. You know, if Ireland no. had put 24 points on New Zealand, for example... It could have been a much more interesting. It would have been interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying they'd have yeah. won, but it would have been more interesting. A lot Argentina, though. I mean, they've they've got some newer players in. The turnaround has been absolutely fantastic. Under um, Mendes, they look great. Not Mendes. Who's fucking coaching now? Ledesma, sorry. Yes. They look. Um, gr- they're looking very, very different. I love um, De La Fuente, the twelve. Yes. And he's called Geronimo De La Fuente, which is what a fucking name that. By the way. Uh, <laughs> no, it's they the turnaround from remember what a shower of shit they were in the summer. Like unforgivably shit. They were like Orcada's jumper. Yeah. Grey V net V neck unpatterned. <laughs> and and you know, they lost they got battered at home by Wales and Scotland. Oh, they'd which, given up. Yeah, they just couldn't be fucking bothered. And <laughs> To look at them now, very, very, very soon after, really. You know, this was like a month ago. Who's and coming? Who's new? Landajo's back in, isn't he? Because he was yeah. on the bench in the summer, and he's come back in to start. Sanchez looks a different player now. Sanchez looks transformed. He looked like an absolute shambles. But you look at it, well, and he he's not like... like he's forcing everything. Even the stuff that he's forcing doesn't look forced. Whereas he looked like he forced fucking everything in the summer and before. That. No, it's he's... true. I think they've they've definitely the back pretty much new, isn't it? Yeah, and the back three are new, and I don't know. It's just something has gone very right there, you know. Well, lots of people have been pointing out to me on Twitter, you know, that England should be shitting it going into <laughs> next year's World Cup because, well, there's a year to go, but it's you know, hmm. if the trend continues the way it's going, <laughs> it's worrying for England. Yeah, well, France Argentina... might actually pull the fucking act together by next year. Yeah, and Argentina, Argentina, if they keep doing this, and let's be honest, they love a World Cup. Argentina, don't they? They, they do. Don't, they, they don't are... fuck about in they a World usu- Cup. They usually peak at a World Cup, and 
after looking, you know, four weeks ago, like they could not fucking string two passes together. All of a sudden, they look like a fucking and team. And all of again. those passes would have been ill-judged offloads. Yeah. yeah, and look at how quickly that's happened. Imagine what can happen in another year. Both positive and negative, it must be said. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's now certain in this world. Thing. but uh... No. So there we are. So that's the end of the type five. Thank you very much. Speaking of things that there's now certain in this world, there is yes. something certain in this world, which is that every week now will feature live coverage of the Challenged Cup final. Yes. Which every is what we move week. on to now. Yes, indeed. They tried. The Dragons tried their absolute utmost to throw that fucking game away. They were playing the Kings for the Challenged Cup at home Despite the fact that they had 13 Welsh internationals and two Lions in their match day 23, they did everything in their power to lose at home to the Kings. But in the end... Including scoring less tries than the Kings. Than the Kings. Um, But in the end, it did actually happen for the first time since, weirdly and slightly worryingly and ominously, the Dragons took the Challenged Cup from the Kings when they lost to them in March last year. Uh, They handed it back to them for what I assume... Yeah, so the Challenge Cup, and it's it's not very long. Well, and it's to be honest with you, over a year's life now has been with the Kings and then the Dragons, and now it's back with the Kings again for what I assume will be a long, long time this time. Um, so, yeah, there, is this getting, there's a danger this, this might get incredibly boring. <laughs> But, you know, we'll Having the Kings giving. got Ulster next. Ulster have got, I mean, I know they're doing well at the minute, but Ulster have, have got a rick in them when it comes to this. They're, they're, they've they are, this they are tournament. Usually, they are usually the team where you go, X team is going to have this forever, and then they're playing Ulster away next, and somehow it's they It's Ulster or Cardiff Blues who managed to somehow yeah. have it when they shouldn't have it. Yeah. They? I'm relieved and hopeful in the fact that the Ospreys don't have to play the Kings until the last but one week of the season. So I am close. I'm crossing my fingers profoundly that that this does not happen. Tavis Noyles at Dragons. He Tavis is. fucking Noyle. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. We don't have to remember him. He's at the Dragons. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We don't have to remember him anymore. We don't have they to remember home. anyone. I mean, they were just so bad, but not bad in some ways. That's the weird thing, and maybe that's what you've got to cling on to because. What really annoys you about the Dragons is that people talk about them like they're a sort of small child playing with grown-ups. <laughs> but you can't judge them by normal standards. You've got to give them a bit of a break. You know, that's the kind of language that they give. It's like, no, that was just fucking appalling. Yeah, you know, there's all this kind of apologism for how dreadful they are. It's kind I'll of... say again, 13 Welsh internationals in that match day 23 and two British and Irish Lions. The back row played well. Yes. I think, you know, well, and that's... Any, the... unit with, any unit with Ross Moriarty in it is going to but play well, surely. Kind of, Corey Hill at lock, and then Ollie Griffiths, Aaron Wainwright, and Ross Moriarty. That's something you can build a fucking team around. Surely. Surely to Christ surely. it is. But, yeah, Bernard Jackson. And Jordan Williams looks very handy at fullback. But, um... Well, I've, I've loved him since he was a lad, and I've... I've dearly wish that his fucking potential would fulfil itself at some point and I don't ever know if it will but it's more likely to running around for the Dragons every week than it is not starting for everybody else. So Speaking of uh, Dragons and uh, potential and incredibly talented young players mm. uh, we've got an interview with Jason Tovey coming up. Oh! 
at the end of September. We're just trying to organise a finaliser date with Jason, but that's going to be forthcoming. I, you mean Jason Turvey, the man who I said on many occasions was the future of the Welsh number 10 shirt. And actually, and he yeah. should have been. He fucking should have been. I, I don't think it was any fault of his that he wasn't, to be honest, so, but we can no. talk about that anyway. So, uh, yes. So but, the challenge um, come off it goes to South Africa, yes. never to return, probably. Yes, well, the, the most winnable game the Kings have is on the 6th of October when they're away to Treviso. That's not winnable. No. Treviso are the fucking dominating superpower force yeah, of Conference top, B. Top of Conference B. Um, the other winnable game is December the 1st when they have uh, Treviso at home, which is more doable, I'd say. Yeah, Treviso travelling. Other than that... I mean, it doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 no, they've got the Dragons at home. Don't worry. Yeah, that next year, though. Yeah. Oh, it's ages away. It's like. <laughs> so it's we'll, a... we'll drop back in from time to time. Yeah. It's still. Yeah, we're not going to spend this much time on it if the Kings are just getting fucking rinsed every week. So uh, let's do yeah. the shit good ratings, shall yeah. we? Thank uh, you very we... much, all of you who've submitted stuff via Twitter today, as you do every week. Mm hmm. Interesting, all of them. Sorry we don't use all of them, but we get so many from you lovely people that I have to just scan through and pick the ones that I've got time to pick before we end up recording, because that's usually how it, how it works. Yeah. What are we doing first? Shit. Shit first? I'll leave it up to you. Let's yeah, do good not? first, because it's just okay. here. Because it's just because okay. I don't have to scroll down and scroll back up again on my <laughs> notes. Um, good for me, then, um, is you might have seen Razzy Erasmus after the game this week, hmm. uh, losing obviously losing to... To Australia, uh, threatened. He effectively said, "Well, I won't be here next week if we don't beat the All Blacks." Effectively, <laughs> um, which is a, which is an interesting one because Razi Erasmus is both the director of the South African rugby. He's director of rugby at the SAIU, the first ever director of rugby, and then he also later became head coach of the Springboks. So uh, he's effectively his own boss. So he, he is effectively threatening to sack himself. I'll be having a strong word with myself. <laughs> well, I mean, it would make for a fucking fascinating meeting, wouldn't it? To be a fly on the wall of that. <laughs> yes. well, good afternoon, Rezzy. Hello, Rezzy. Thank you for coming in today. That's okay, Rezzy. It's my pleasure. Now, have you got any idea why I've called you into this meeting today, Rezzy? Well, I have a feeling it might be to do with my performance as Springbok head coach, Rezzy. I'm afraid you're correct, Razzy. As the SAIU Director of Rugby, I feel that my performance as head coach of the Springboks is simply not good enough. And we're going, we're going to have to let me go. <laughs> Fucking prick. <laughs> you had it in for me, you're going to regret this, Razzy. Mark my words. Now, Razzy, there's no need to get personal about this. It's just rugby. Also, do you have Jake White's phone number? <laughs> I can't believe I managed to hold that accent. Almost, it went. It went on Jake White. I'll be honest. Went Jake White, but <laughs> it went a bit so, sort of yeah. Inspector Clouseau or Jake White. Do you have Jake White's phone number? I realised I got to the end and I hadn't thought how you pronounce phone number in South Africa. <laughs> um, so there we are. There's an, amazing, yes. there's an amazing scene in Bananas, the Woody Allen film, where he where he questions himself in the dock. Have you seen that one? <laughs> he keeps running up backwards and forwards in the dock. I'm imagining them on the opposite side. He's he's got two chairs set up on either side of the desk and is basically shuttling constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's mad. It's you can't threaten to sack. If he sacks himself, he's just going to basically go upstairs and then appoint his own successor. 
and then presumably sack him as well. It's fucking Matt. South African rugby is... And write a strongly worded complaint to himself about his own sacking. <laughs> it's hat stand. Anyway, um, any, any what else have we got good from you? Um, lots and lots of love for the Ken Owens try gif oh, from the likes see. of the Champ Champs, Rhiannon Garth Jones, Geraint Jeremy, loads of people. That is exactly how anyone who has any self-respect yes. behave when they, they're at fucking team photo day and someone says, do a silly dance or something for them to put on Twitter when you score and you just look at the camera, give it a scathing deadpan look and then walk off. That's exactly what you should I do. I get the feeling that they told him he has to go in this room and didn't tell him what it was. And he walked in and then a second later clocked what it was. And then just like went, what's nope. it? Went, no, we're not a fucking chance. And what's straight back out again? exactly the same as the Dan Bigger refusing to get involved with any kind of power tool related shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. And just <laughs> walking up to the camera, putting his hands behind his back and nodding. There was a great bit when it kicked off a bit in a scrum in the Leinster Scarlets game, which is a great win for Scarlets, by the way. Um, and, and Ken's just stood there holding all, all, all three of the, the lesser, lesser front row going, calm down, <laughs> calm down. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's going to work, Ken, being told to calm down by the opposition. <laughs> I genuinely, I think it was a, a friend of the pod, Dai Lama, whilst Dai Lama on Twitter, who said that Ken is in his like top five people he'd like to go for a pint with. Thing yeah, cause he because did, he'd have a sing song and everything yeah, as well. Yeah, he would be an absolute delight to be have a couple of jars with. I would, yeah, a funny man, a strange man, a lovely singing voice. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> and hard if it goes off. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which, uh, Gerald's on his... Gerald's just started his second pint, so we're still safe to the end of the pod, I think. What else have we got that's uh, good here? Tom Dare, Repka, got in touch on Twitter, and he said, good was the shout of, what the fuck are you doing, heard loudly and clearly over the ref mic when the ball was kicked straight into the arms of the opposition. <laughs> In Sale versus Worcester. <laughs> Speaking of things being heard on the Speaking mic. Speaking truth to power. Speaking uh, of things being heard on the mic. There was some glorious stuff this weekend. First of all was that the, the, the most disgusted TMO in the entire world when asked if the guy got into touch in the bath game when he was in touch at least two foot before the line. And then 10 minutes later, for some reason, the ref asked the TMO, this is how the TMO reacted. Across with Ludlow. Yeah, right, good. Yeah. Yes or no, Bruce? Just checking that uh, he was in touch before he went to ground the ball, please. It, it, yeah, he was in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what? Don't be so fucking stupid. And Jesse Creel's attempted cross kick in his own 22 that went out oh, on I the full. I see this. This is the Aussie commentators. It's the colour commentators' reaction that's the best one. Yeah. Dunkies. Foster. Jesse Creel. What? <laughs> that's now his full name. It's Jesse Creel. <laughs> what? Jesse Creel. What? Because <laughs> they Another... probably had a couple of man overlap as well. He decided just to boot it one. Another bit of actually, it's been a weekend that... The commentary on uh, free sports from um, for the Cardiff Blues Treviso game on the weekend um, was oh I've heard about it. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. Lambert. I mean, some various people have described it as the most terrible commentary they've ever seen. It was done by two Irishmen 
uh, former Connacht lock Michael Swift and Brendan Hennessy, who I think used to hurl and has never played rugby before. Um, I mean, that's not um, a problem. Barry Davis never played badminton no, or tennis, exactly. did he? But he was fucking but, brilliant, um, you know. Yeah, so he called Rory Thornton Sean. Uh, he kept getting Gareth Hanscombe and Jared Evans mixed up. Um, he described a scrum at the end of the game as the most important scrum in the history of Cardiff Rugby Football Club, which, A, it's not Cardiff Rugby Football Club, <laughs> and B, it isn't. Um, <laughs> by, by quite C, some... how do you know, and D, yeah. anyway, it yeah. isn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the picture quality was absolutely fucking appalling. Um, there was the moment where he called uh, Jason Harris, Jared Davis. He called Jared Evans, Brad Thayer. Fuck yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> Um, and he uh, he couldn't tell the difference between Christian Dacey and Josh Navidi uh, uh, and also at one point Gareth Hanscom executed a crossfield kick to his winger Gareth Hanscom which uh, I mean no I, I'm so sorry I haven't seen this because you know. I, re- I, I missed it as well but it was um, and also it said that Benetton had got the winning try when they scored in the corner and still needed the conversion to actually win the fucking thing yeah, basically, Premier Sports have claimed that they basically used the local broadcast feed um, and not they weren't their own commentators because the matches in Italy are broadcast by Discovery, I think. And these are the commentators from Discovery. Is what and they're they're the, whatever they gave for the world, the inverted commas world feed, so the English language feed that's going out to America and various other places. Right. Um, and I think Premier Sports were like, yeah, we won't, we won't be doing that again. <laughs> We'll get our own commentators in next time. Um, and I hope so, because it's... Yeah, that's not a good look. In your second week, everyone's been saying such nice things about Premier Sports. And honestly, I really, I've really i signed up. I really like it. It's it, You can watch all the games. It's, it's all great. on telly. What more do you want? We can yeah. moan about it, but it's all on telly. <laughs> that should be their fucking slogan. It's all on telly. What, what more, more do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know the catch up on the apps it's all very well yapping on about competent commentators isn't it but remember it's all on fucking telly just no, mute it the premiership doesn't broadcast all of its matches live no it doesn't no and it's it's fantastic to be able to watch every single and be able to go I can definitely watch my team this week it's pretty fucking good it'll like, all be broadcast a... live under the new plans for the private equity people though well, it'll all well, be done well. via periscope by some bloke <laughs> in the stand to cut costs <laughs> Yeah, they're going to make that VHS quality fucking broadcast <laughs> they had on this weekend in Premier Sports seem positively cutting edge. Right, what else um, have I got as good? Moving on. Sam Simmons. Yes. Looks very Just good. Very good. However, do you remember this is exactly what he did beginning of last season? Absolutely. Well, I just, I would dearly love Eddie Jones to just go, you know what? I'm going to play you open side flanker, mate, because you're not big enough to be a test number eight. No, he's not. He hasn't got enough. He's, he's dynamic. He's quick. He knows yeah. his way to the line, but no he is he is big enough to be a test seven though he's quite good over the ball and he's quick as fuck and i still think that's better than any of england's current seven options right underhill he's not had a great start of the season has he as dearly oh, as he i love well on saturday i thought yeah he did all right actually to be fair um other goods for me don't be um, charring in with the black adder brush no i won't <laughs> yeah go um, on sorry ramiro moyano um the every time god closes a door i.e. our Lord and Saviour, Matteo Manozzi, tearing his ACL in the first game of the season. May he, he recuperate in peace. Um, he opens a window, namely being uh, 
Argentine winger Mayano uh, becoming my new hot-stepping, pocket-sized man crush extraordinaire. That that fucking try. The yes. try. Filthy. Abs. The, the Nobody step, stepped in, yeah. then turned Perinara around, then just went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Basically just left three All Blacks just looking at themselves in absolute dejection. I absolutely loved that. It was my favourite moment of the Beautiful. weekend. Uh, yeah, because when you think about it, it was Cordero, Imhoff and Tuckalet, wasn't there? And you thought, fuck yeah. me, they're good. Well, then they've got this Buffelli, this Maiano, and Yeah, and Maiano's not young. He's like 28. Bautista Del Gay. What a name. Cracking. Love it. Um, other goods for me, uh, Justin Tipperich, just it's silly. Is it two yeah, man of the match performances he's had now? Yeah. And Looking he's... at every inch that inside centre that people keep wanking yeah, on about. Still... Scored two tries is inside pop for Alan Wynne Jones's first try. Who also scored two tries, weirdly. How often does Alan Wynne Jones get a fucking brace? Um, uh, he's just a monster, and he's having a monster start to the season. He was a little bit below his standards last season, I thought, probably because of the Lions and all of that stuff. But yeah, he looks in scintillating form, as somebody in the press would probably say if they were. <laughs> Right, let's quickly rattle through the ones on our Twitter. Peebles Elbow said, good is my mate Max and his new wife Jennifer because rather than give their fav- give favours at their wedding day, they made donations on behalf of all their guests at the Doddy Weir Foundation. Fantastic stuff. Well done, Max and Jennifer. Dave I mean, Garrick, go on, sorry, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, you're just trying to use somebody else's generosity to get a mention on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean... Yeah, but, place. you know, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> no. It's like award season in the Oscars. Um, it is obviously fantastic, yeah. Dave Garrick got in touch and he said, good is Alex Jeffries, the replacement tight end for the Ospreys, who scored a try and made one with a cat flap offload for one he of the, did, the Alan Wynne Jones actually, tries that you've just he mentioned. Just, he looks fucking Hollywood. He said and I do love- Garrick said, also good is the Ospreys having strike moves off first phase ball and scoring with them. Well, weird. There's George North appearing in midfield. And Truly. obviously, because it's George North at Pro 14 level, that's going incredibly well. <laughs> Truly, we are living in the future. <laughs> Robbie Owen, Squidgy Goat of Squidge Rugby and his magnificent videos, by the way. Do you want to have a look Jeez. at those? He's now been picked up by Rugby Pass. He's doing very well. Hello, Robbie. He says, good South Africa not scoring a try to equalise against Australia, as it would have been a travesty if neither of those teams had lost. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Somebody had to lose. Mark Fisher, we've already mentioned that. He said, but he said, good is Adam Hastings, an imperious performance against Munster. His grubber for the second try was exquisite, and he's stepping into Russell's shoes brilliantly. Yes, which is charge of the point you've made. Robin S got in touch on Twitter, and he said, good was the. This was great. The South African second row Snyman shit housing the Aussies single handedly while doing his best Jack Nicholson in The Shining impression. It's a glorious photo what of that. What a picture that is, by it's the way. It's incredible. Like, just fucking, don't worry about the sporting photo of the year awards or what. Just give it to whoever took that. It's fantastic. He says that shit is Steve Diamond's halftime team talk. Yes. Clearly, clearly. I've, I've got this developing vision. Imagine Steve Diamond, if he, he grew what was left of his hair out oh. and started wearing, like, like a leather coat undone. He'd look exactly like um, who's the first king in Game of Thrones? Oh, you, Mark Adair, whatever. Mark Addy, yeah. Yes, and, he can, uh, and he's even got like a king in the north. Robert Baratheon, yeah. He's he got be, a bit of a... I'm the fucking I'm... king in the north. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say he looked like a fat Dave Mustaine, but okay, either. <laughs> that would work as well. But yeah, so... <laughs> I'm the king in the north. Up here in sale. Yeah, do all that, wouldn't it? Um, other goods for me, I'll rattle through them. Yeah. Shannon Frizzell. Um, oh, yes. I'm going to spend the next 10 years watching Wales Online recycle the same story about how he could have played for Wales. Could he have played for Wales? Is that true? He, was, he has a British passport. His dad is from Swansea. He wow. Was, he, his, his, brother, his brother Tyson uh, played rugby league for Wales before switching to Australia. And yes, Shannon was eligible. And we were, yes, we were interested. And yes, the All Blacks went, no. no. Yes, we were interested. And no, Shannon wasn't interested. Shannon, that's the thing. Shannon was interested. Wow. But then, but the All Blacks were a lot more interested. Um, well, he was a lot more interested in the All Blacks, I think. I so, think, well, um, once they gave him the glad eye, that was the end of that, wasn't it? Well, it, as as well it should be, to be honest. Um, so yes, it's. I'm imagine him and Falato in the same back row. Oh, That's all I'm going to say. Woof. Oh, filth. Uh, um, Tom Gorman got in touch and good. He said this is very good. Actually, and I should have mentioned this myself. Die Young's dress standards. Oh, he's leading the way. Impeccable, for... as always. All even of these... He even had a fucking pocket square on Saturday. I know. All of these fuckers wearing fucking training polos and fucking zip-ups and dressing like they've just and fallen out of 30 quid runners from Sports yeah. Direct with Chivos, yeah. fuck's sake. Looking like you're literally working in that Sports Direct. But no, there's Die, full fucking Sunday best, showing him how it's done. Never while fucking not... undoes his top button. No, of course not. Well, he does exactly five minutes after he leaves the ground. <laughs> yeah, when well, he's out of sight because well, off, he's off duty. Bang! Yeah. I was, you know, I was watching that game on Saturday. <laughs> I probably should have been watching the game, but instead, I was genuinely wondering, what is his neck measurement? Oh, do you know what yours is? When was the last time you fucking had a shirt with a neck measurement <laughs> in your in your world? I know what mine is. I'm a sixteen and a half, so he must be a twenty. I'm an 18. He so must be a 20. He's got to be a 20, if not more, to be honest. Because <laughs> I look at my, I look at my neck and I think, my neck's not that big, you know. Yeah. Well, you've actually I'm got a, a neck. <laughs> I have got. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a definite break between my head and the rest of my body. Yeah, I reckon dies. Dies are similar mate to me, mate. Uh, similar size to me, mate. Matt, who also played front row, and I, mm. reckon, I, reckon, I might ask Matt what his neck size is. I know that I know Matt's got all his his blazers tailored. I think he's like a fifty-two inch chest. Or okay, so James James Haskell claims to have a twenty-inch neck. I say that Die Young's neck is at least thirty percent bigger than James Haskell. <laughs> Eddie Jones's neck is thirty percent bigger. Um, so we're looking at thir- yeah. I right, say we're still on good. We've got so much time yeah, to kill. Come know. on, we're not to kill um, to fucking kill okay, off my you, my final good is Will Addison, the Ulster fullback, because he's very good. And I kind of look at Sale and I think, you've spunked a lot of money up the wall on Marlon Yard, Chris Ashton and Denny Solomona, and you've let this guy go who looks very fucking good. Um, so, yeah. Let's move bet- on to shit. Yes. Uh, um, Quinns, remember last week I said I fancy Quinns to do something this season, and then, my yeah, God, they were a fucking shambles. Yeah, they were. I mean, whatever the opposite of the... Whatever is the opposite of a bear. What is the opposite of a bear? What is the opposite of a bear? <laughs> a poodle? These are the questions that other podcasts are too afraid to ask. What, is the, what would be what the, opposite the opposite of a bear? Like a, like a shrew. See, if it was opposite, it wouldn't have to be a mammal necessarily. No. It could be like a little... It could be like a newt. 
yeah, it's whatever. That's what they had in their changing room this week, anyway. Because fuck me, they were. Well, he must have felt like just fucking locking the bear in the changing room at yeah. half time and said, "Fucked a lot of you." <laughs> He's the only one who's going out. They're just they're going to pull a fucking Quinn shirt onto a live bear and just send him out on his own. He set, what, he already set like a kind of saw trap up for him all at half time. <laughs> and that kit, man. I mean, that top is fucking minging. And then they put it with that like. What would you call that? Sort of John Major Grey shorts. It's very much John. It's sort of like somebody. Do you remember when you used to live in student houses uh. and somebody would like have some cereal <laughs> and they'd leave <laughs> the cereal with the milk in the bottom of the bowl and they'd just leave it in their room for about two weeks and the milk would turn a sort of weird grey colour. It's sort of that. My wife once tried to make grasshopper pie which is a Nigella Lawson recipe, and it involved food colouring and milk and something else. And basically, it was green food colouring, but it just kept turning the milk grey and curdling. And that's, that's basically exactly what that yeah, looked like. Yeah. It's it's not like, as a shirt, it could be all right. As a combination... It doesn't with, match with... There's nothing about it that looks like it it's not a design the, feature at no, all. it doesn't match. With, I don't like the fact that the back is just all green. It's too much. It's way too much. Yeah. Also, Saints were shit as well. <laughs> um, Malander was all right, but yeah, it was yeah, just, it was all a bit, yeah. It was, they're, they're too bad What teams. else have you got as shit? Um, shit, uh, whoever's calling Springbok lineups. Oh, man. Well, whoever you could, like, people are criticising the hooker for bad execution that gave to me with a try, but the blame is the lunatic who calls that throw on your own line in the pissing fucking rain. The hooker, but it's like, why would you say, yeah, in the rain, you find me like, throw it 20 metres to see a Khaleesi. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, what like are it. you hoping to achieve with that? Because all he's going to do is catch the ball and run into getting tackled in midfield, but all your forwards are fucking over where the line-out's just been. Yeah, it's utterly dumb as fuck and entirely deserved the outcome. Is it because they can't trust Faf to do something sensible off the back of a sort of catch and, a Very catch and try? We've all seen his haircut. Would you trust him to do something sensible? Speaking of which, Curtly Beale's haircut. I don't care how good you are, mate. That greased mullet catastrophe is a disgrace and you should be ashamed of yourself. Peripheral heavy out of narcos look. Like he's he's got, it, it just looks always wet, like permanently wet. I don't understand. Oh, who's to, he's literally the only person in the world still buying wet look gel. Yeah, where do you even get that from? I in don't the, even in, know. In the see-through tub, the green yeah. gel in a see-through tub. Where do you, where you get that from? The only place they sell that is like pound stretchers, I'm guessing, or like. I mean, I know in Exeter too, it's a, it's a curve you're graded on with the shitness of the hair. How does a man? How does a man with a barnet as consistently sensible as Rog Baxter allow this madness to run Maybe. run through his squad? Do you know? I thought about this, and I thought, is it because Baxter is effectively just. He's a man of a generation, you know, a couple of years, you know. Mm. He's a generation also removed from sports stars being able to have As am silly I now. haircuts. Yes. Yeah, silly haircuts. You know, when he was playing, silly haircuts were not an option. Yeah. And maybe he deep deep down inside him, he wishes he could have had that. He's from farming stock. It would never have been yeah. tolerated. No, it, exactly. And he knows that deep down in his heart, he can never have that. But in a sort of Billy Elliot kind of way, he, de <laughs> he deeply wanted a ridiculous mullet. And as a result, he just goes, go on, boys, you just do whatever you want. And, and I won't fucking look at you twice. In fact, I'll encourage it. And I'll say to Gareth Steenson, yeah, Gareth, you're a 34-year-old man. You fucking get an emo fringe, mate. Why not? It's never too late. Can I ask you just one more question, Rob? 
when you have your hair cut like that, what what does it feel like? <laughs> uh, electricity? It feels like electricity. <laughs> Billy Elliot, everyone. Uh, so, uh, what was it? Yeah. So anyway, while we were on bad hair, we maybe thinking about Rob Glass, the Stew Townsend. Oh God! Scrum half. What? What? Oh, that wow. kind of like Hell's Angel from 1972 look. <laughs> so bizarre. It's it's what's really impressive is how it's happening still. It's not just an isolated incident. It's obviously a club thing, isn't it? It has to be. I mean, Steenson, man, what is that all about? Looks the like should have been one. in Let Loose, the 1990s boy band. That's the thing, because Steenson's one comes off the back of an entire lifetime, an entire career. You know, he's 34, and he has had a haircut exactly like Rob Baxter's. <laughs> yes. That's why he was trusted. A, he had a short back and sides for the entirety of his life and then he's hit 34 and is it a, is the next step a harley davidson or is the next step going full goth oh yeah oh. he'll be an eyeliner by november well, that's my you'll, guess you'll, you'll notice you know instead of wearing gloves you'll just be wearing nail varnish and you'll have you know all of a sudden the sort of the nightmare before christmas tattoos will start appearing on his arms and before you know it, he'll just be a full emo. And Lex is already playing black, so it's fine. Perfect. Right then, yeah. what else we got this shit? Lots and lots and lots of people have mentioned Matthew Bastero doing his version of the people's elbow on somebody's head at the weekend. I don't know what it takes for like in spite of everything that Bastero has done in his career, there's sort of a weird like a lot of people seem to think he's like this nice jolly fat man. <laughs> and like like the whole making up being fucking assaulted in New Zealand thing to cover up the fact that he got out and got pissed it wasn't yeah. enough the massive homophobia last year what everyone still likes him for some reason maybe this is the moment where people go you know what he's actually a bit of a twat that he's guy he's basically a shit out yeah well that was absolute uh, you know, he should not be seeing a rugby field this year off the back of that, really. It was fucking thuggish. Rich, but he, go on. But he probably will do, because French discipline is an absolute shambles and a farce. Rich CK got in touch and said, shit was Bastro's Muppetry. He also said good was Banahan. Now, I'm, I'm hearing people saying things like Matt Banahan England again. Now, that is quite clearly some kind of localised madness. That they need to stop. They absolutely. I don't look, think he even believe, Matt, he even believes that. So you know, Matt just Banahan please is, don't be silly. All, Matt Banahan is, by all accounts of people I know who know him quite well, is a genuinely lovely bloke, and he's a genuinely decent club player. He's an asset still to any club that wants to play him. Honest However, there is long stuff. All that really, you know, he has the acceleration just, and the turning curve of a super tanker. And that is, works on one level, but it doesn't at an international level. He is effectively a 30-year-old lock playing wing. <laughs> and good for him. Good but, for him that he's doing it and he scores loads of tries. But let's get a fucking grip of ourselves here, everybody. Sean Flynn got in touch on Twitter and he said that shit was Sale versus Worcester. 80 minutes played, 46 players, 
four officials, two directors of rugby, one out of town retail park stadium, all of it utter crap. Which <laughs> <laughs> is probably my favourite tweet of the week. Yeah. I mean, some people just cut right to the heart of an issue. <laughs> yeah, all of this, all of it, all of you, shit. <laughs> That's the end of it. <laughs> what have you got to shit? Uh, that's the only th- one more thing that annoyed me this week is avoidable kick clashes. Oh Navy. yeah, dragons kings, dragons playing in their black and red home kit against the kings in their red and black away kit, and it was just a mess because rugby, you know, is a game that's played at close quarters where quite often large numbers of players are in a big pile, and it becomes absolutely impossible to tell what is what when everyone's playing in black and red you wouldn't have seen this but the um penrith panthers versus new zealand warriors elimination playoff game in the nrl mm-hmm. was spectacular in the oh my god you're both wearing the same kitness of it all it it happens way too often because i think they think because rugby isn't like football and the teams are basically in two Not lines quite intermingled yeah that it's fine. It's really not. You see it in like, particularly in the Curry Cup, weirdly in South Africa, quite often you'll see a team playing in orange against a team playing in a slightly lighter shade of orange. And it's like, no, that's that's not acceptable at all. So stop that. Uh, Graham Love got in touch on Twitter. He said, shit, was Edinburgh doing the whole tease and denial routine again? Yeah, Ed, they were very good, by the way. I thought I Edinburgh know, was fantastic. It can't be long before it comes together. No. And Ulster were, you know, fair play balls of steel to pull that one out again and a week said, after doing it. He said that shit was Dave Pearson whistling everything in the Oz game like he was in a samba band. <laughs> Which is a fucking glorious mental image. Graham Love fell victim of uh, rugby lad mag, uh, rugby lad banter account oh, fevery this week. And I went to yeah. him and said they were bastards for doing it and then I got told that was a very classy tweet from me by them. <laughs> I mean, what else do you call a bunch what of What am I going to say? That, you know, literally just make money off other people's creativity without paying them a fucking penny. It's a genuine mistake, apparently. It's like, no, it wasn't. Well, it's amazing how many genuine mistakes you made. Yeah. Be my I mean, if this one was a genuine mistake, what about every other thing you've ever published, you bunch of fucking leeches? <laughs> anyway, um, what else have we got? Graham Golvin got in touch. Hello, Graham. He said, shit is the fact that Cipriani can't even have one solid game without the English rugby mainstream media making an undignified mess of their underpants. Yeah, yeah. Not that, that wouldn't happen on this pod. We wouldn't be asking for him and twelve trees to be starting in the World Cup for England. That no, definitely, wouldn't, definitely not. That definitely wouldn't happen. <laughs> Kyle Walsh got. Go on. Speaking of unreasonable expectations, yeah. George Smith. Yes. The problem with playing near forty-year-old grizzled veterans is sometimes they forget the rules have changed a bit in their careers. <laughs> that wouldn't have been a red five years ago. <laughs> it fucking sure as shit is now, and. Yeah, that was 18-all when he got sent off. And, and they it looked, wasn't by the end. It well, fucking certainly <laughs> wasn't by the end. And you give Liam Williams 14 men to run against and he will score a hat-trick. Um, yeah. Bristol, I'd say Bristol fans are allowed to feel a little bit like, you know what, this is a good sign because they, with 48 minutes on the clock, they were they were drawing away at Sarri's. They're going to be all right. They've got enough yeah. about it when they've got Pat Lamb. Yeah, I think they'll... It's It looks better for them than it does for Worcester and that's kind of all that it needs to be I think last couple Kyle Walsh got in touch he said shit was Montpellier versus Bordeaux it felt like watching Scotland 10 years ago 
Also, <laughs> shit, was Edinburgh being up 23-6 and losing? Yeah, we covered that one. He also said that good was Treviso being top of Conference B, and also good was Glasgow's defence in the second half against Munster. They were very good, yeah. We haven't spoken about Glasgow, aside from the talking about their good players, but um, yeah, they, they look fucking mustard. Dave Rennie's second year, yeah. Yeah. Adam P got in touch, and he said, shit, is the runaway train that is the All Blacks and the inevitability of their 2019 World Cup victory spoiling any tension over who might win it? So, yes. Yeah, we covered that, didn't what we? You said, yeah. Josh, yeah. It's a bit, mm, yeah. Bit meh. Oh, well. So there you go. We kept it very snappy with that tight five this week. We kept it to a snappy 88 minutes. <laughs> Thank you all for your time. And yes. we will speak to you all very soon. Goodbye, Josh. Goodbye, Lee. Don't uh, no, don't be looking at Haskell too much on Instagram now. I'll try my best. See you later. Yeah. Ta-da. Bye. Ask Haller. We've always looked at the future, leading the way with our renewable gas bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. Bio-LPG. Renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calorgas.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.